What an incredible truth that we celebrate today that our Savior Jesus is alive. And uh, that's a reason to celebrate. That's a reason to rejoice. And we're glad that you're with us this morning to be able to celebrate that together. Uh, this Easter Sunday morning, this Resurrection Sunday, that we celebrate that. And uh, uh, so many good things about that that we want to look at today. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 in just a little bit. We're going to get there in just a minute. But I want to begin by reading uh, in Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, just the resurrection account. The account of the resurrection that Luke records for us. And just listen. Uh, think back to that first Easter morning, that first Resurrection Sunday morning when they came to the tomb, as we look at this passage in Luke 24. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. Um, I want to stop for a minute, just because I think it's amazing that those that loved Jesus were going back to the tomb where they had placed him after he was uh, put in that tomb. They were going back and they were taking with them spices. The reason they would be taking spices is not that they were going to make a, a meal. They were taking it to anoint his body because they fully expected when they arrived at the tomb that morning that they would find the lifeless body of Jesus there. They fully expected in taking those spices that they would be further preparing his body for burial. And so that's what they were going expecting to see. Verse 2, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. We read in another gospel account that there was a fear that struck those that went to the tomb when they found that his body was missing, that they were afraid that the soldiers or others came and stole his body away, that it wasn't enough that he was crucified, it wasn't enough that he uh, was put in that tomb, but that they wanted to make it even worse by stealing away his body. And as they were perplexed, verse 4, about this, Behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel, and as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, an amazing question. It's a question every time I read it, I smile, I uh, get goosebumps, I think like, I'm ready to preach when I, read, when I read this question. It's just a marvelous question that they ask. Why do you seek the living among the dead? Isn't that an awesome question that the angels would ask those that came to the tomb. It would have been great to be one of those angels at that moment. You know Christ is raised. You know here are his followers. They're still sorrowing over the fact that Jesus has been crucified. They're showing up. They don't know yet. They haven't processed yet or understood yet that he's raised from the dead. And they come across these angels that are there and they ask that question, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. He is not here, but has risen. I, I love that statement. I love that proclamation. Uh, you know, I've shared around Christmas time that one of the, the two greatest statements, I think, that are made in Scripture on the part of the angels is when they proclaimed on that first Christmas morning that there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And then here, I think this tops it. He is not here. He is risen. And really, that's why we're here this morning. That's why we gather. That's why, as a church, we gather together, not only today, this Resurrection Sunday, but also every Sunday. This is why, as the church, we gather together because we worship the Son of God. We worship Jesus Christ. We have a risen Savior, a Savior who lives 
We can sing about that. We can proclaim that. We can follow that and pro- preach that. And that's why we're here today. And that's why we can celebrate because Jesus Christ is alive. And so often we can really go grow pretty uh, lazy about that truth. It's, it's easy as we walk and live through life to not keep that reality at the forefront of our hearts and the forefront of our minds, that Jesus Christ is alive, that the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ gives life because the word of God tells us it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. And so it's so valuable and important. But I want to look this morning at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 in a passage where the Apostle Paul is writing, and he's writing concerning the resurrection of Jesus. And Paul is going to share some realities, some very hard realities with the believer in Corinth here. And I think it's so necessary for us to understand as well. The realities that would be true if Jesus Christ was not raised from the dead. Now here we are gathering together because he is alive, he lives. But what if he wasn't alive? What if he stayed dead? Would it even matter? What would be different about your life and my life and about the testimony that we have and the life that we live? And Paul addresses that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I want us to look at that this morning, starting with verse 12. And so it's going to be on the screen Behind me, you can also follow along if you have your copy of God's Word with you. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning with verse 12, Paul writes, Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? Paul's addressing a philosophy that was circulating around, a teaching that was circulating around during that time period where people were proclaiming that not only was Christ not raised from the dead, but there is no resurrection of the dead. And the work of Christ really was a, a, a foolish work to believe. Uh, we heard on Good Friday, if you were at the Good Friday services, that the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, right? And so there's this mentality, this attitude that there is no resurrection of the dead. There's Greek philosophers and those that would be promoting this doctrine of the material and the immaterial and the material doesn't matter. That means the body, but only the spirit matters. And, and some that would be proclaiming that once this body uh, ceases to have life, there's nothing after that. There's no point after that of, of continuance for life. So he says, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man com- comes also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. It's an incredible portion of God's word where Paul is going to lay out the absolute realities of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What does it mean that Jesus has been raised from the dead? But he begins by helping the reader to understand what would be true if Christ is not raised. 
And so here we are gathered together as the church, gathered here on this Sunday here in the year 2021, almost 2,000 years later from the resurrection of Jesus, and asking this question, what if Christ has not been raised from the dead? What would that mean for us? Well, I just want to point out very quickly this morning six truths. If Christ is not risen, then these six things will be true. First of all, our message would be worthless. Our message would be worthless. He says our preaching in verse 14, if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is in vain. There's no point to the preaching of the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If Jesus still is dead, if his body is still in that tomb, if there's any, anything in that tomb left because Christ is not raised, everything that we teach, everything that we proclaim, everything that we preach is absolutely worthless. There's no reason to pay attention to it. There's no reason for anybody to listen to it. There's no reason for anybody even to tell it. Because it will accomplish nothing if Jesus is still dead. Process that for a minute with me. You've probably been on the receiving end of sharing the truth of the gospel and the one listening completely ignoring or not even caring about it. You've seen the message of the gospel that is an offense to people. You've seen when the message of the gospel was shared and people hear it and they're just ignoring it. And they're like, that's not for me. I don't care about it. I'm not listening to it. And they would have every right. Those that do not know Christ would have every right to say about the message of the gospel. It's meaningless. It's worthless. It has no value if Jesus Christ is still dead. I remember when I was in college, I was an assistant manager at Eckerd Drugstore. I don't even think Eckerd exists anymore, but it was a, a pharmacy and kind of like a convenience type store where you can get groceries and you can get other things. And so uh, I worked there as assistant manager, and I remember when we would have the night shift on and we would be coming close to closing time at 9 o'clock, we used to love to get on, I say we, like some of the guys I worked with, we used to like to get on the, the um, intercom to do the closing announcements to let people know in the store that closing time was coming. And so you didn't have to do like a 15-minute, a 10-minute, a 5-minute, and a closing one, but we did. And, and so I, I did it all the time. And so I would get on there, and I'd pick up the phone. Even if there were like a lot of people or no one in the store, I'd do the same message. I'd get on there, I'd go, Ladies and gentlemen, Eckerd Drugstore is closing in approximately 15 minutes. Please gather your last remaining items and bring it to the front so we can check you out. And thank you for shopping at Eckerd. That's how I would do that, and I'd click it, you know, and people would smile, and they'd laugh. But most people, when you give that announcement, nothing changed for them. Because they had 15 minutes, right? You've been in a store before. Have you ever pulled in the store, and you're, like, checking, you're like, I got 15 minutes. And they'll give, like, the 15-minute closing, like, why are they even doing that? I got 15 minutes. They're telling me to bring my stuff now. You have time, right? And so it goes in one ear and out the other. Then we would do the same thing at 10 minutes. Then we would do the same thing at five minutes. Still nothing. No urgency. Nothing changed when we would give that. Then finally, it would be closing time, 9 o'clock, and we'd get on there and do the closing one. It was a little bit different. We'd get on and be like, ladies and gentlemen, Eckerd is now closed. Please bring your final purchases. And we would do that thing. And then uh, like, people would kind of scurry to the front because Eckerd was now closed. And finally, they listened to like, what we were saying. But up until that point in time, 15, 10, 5, in one ear, out the other. No one cared. No one listened. They didn't get bothered by it. Nothing changed for them. That would be the equivalent of the power of the message of the gospel 
if Jesus Christ is not raised? It'd be white noise. It'd be background music. It would be something that you hear over and over and over again that really has no meaning, no purpose, no urgency, no sense of direction, no sense of having to listen, no sense of value, no sense of worth. Our message would be worthless if Jesus Christ is not risen. The prophet's message concerning Jesus would be worthless. John the Baptist, if you remember John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus, he proclaimed about Christ when Christ came walking by, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John's message would be worthless. It would have zero value. Zero impact. The message of Christ would be worthless. The message that we have preached and that I hope you have come to believe in, would be absolutely worthless if Jesus Christ is not raised from the dead. That alone should, I think, stir us to such a great appreciation for the resurrection of Jesus. Secondly, our faith would be worthless. He says at the end of verse 14, our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. Your faith, my faith, would be absolutely worthless. It would be in vain. It would be for nothing. We would have no foundation. We would have no security. If the object and foundation of our faith is faulty, then our faith is worthless. Think of this. All that Jesus proclaimed concerning himself would be brought into question because Jesus said, if you destroy this temple in three days, I will raise it up again. The message that Jesus himself proclaimed concerning himself is that he must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and they will crucify him. But on the third day, he will rise again. Do you remember the account in Luke when they said he's not here, he is risen, even as he told you. But if Christ remained dead, our faith is worthless. There's no foundation there. How many of you have ever heard a loved one, a family member, a friend, when they've experienced things that are traumatic in their lives and and they're trying to process and get through it and they say, man, the only thing that's held me together, the only thing that's got me through this is my faith. We could look at those people with genuine sincerity if Christ is not raised and say, actually... Your faith is pretty worthless if Jesus is not raised. Number three, we are liars. Verse 15 says we are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise. If it's true that the dead are not raised, we are liars. Jesus is a liar. If Jesus Christ is not raised, then Jesus was just another quote-unquote good man who died. So what? We would be liars. Christ would be a liar. The apostles would be liars. I remember in college, we would be in the dorm and just meeting guys when we would first start. I remember my freshman year going to the dorm and we were just starting to meet each other and and I was going to try out for the basketball team and I know that's a laugh, but uh, I was going to try out for the basketball team and thought I was pretty good because I played in high school. In high school and college, ball were a little bit different. 
And, uh, and so I remember that first night we were going to do open gym, a kind of pick up ball to try to feel everybody out and scope out the competition, if you will. Uh, but I remember uh, going that, that night and seeing guys, and there were certain guys in the dorm that were like, hey, you play ball and stuff like that. They never asked me that because no one really thought I did, which I, I really don't. But they, they, there were certain guys that were talkers about how good they were at playing basketball. I mean, if you came in contact with them, they'd be like, yeah, I'm here to try it for the team. Like, oh, that's great. Good for you, you know. And they would talk about how good they were. And, and it was all they talked about. And then when it came time to play, like, they had all the gear. Like, they had the shoes and the, 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 the gear. And, like, they had the wristbands. And they had, you know, everything looked like that's a baller right there. Like, that guy knows. Like, you know what I'm talking about? If you ever play basketball or you ever play sport, there's certain people when they show up just the way they're dressed, you're like, oh, I bet they can play just because of their appearance, right? So that, that was the case with some of these guys, and I remember them talking such a big game, and they would get there, and then the game would start, and it did not take very long before you knew who could play and who could not play, who was supposed to be there and who was not supposed to be there. And I'll tell you, it's a humbling thing when you're the one that's there, and you're like, yeah, I'm not supposed to be here when you're there. But it, you all know people who, whatever area it is, whether it's at your job or sports or lifting weights or schooling things or whatever it may be, that like they are talkers about how good they are. And when it comes time to actually do it, they ain't doing it because they can't do it. You know those people. We laugh about that. We joke about that. We make fun of that. That's what we would do with Jesus. If Christ is not raised from the dead, He's no better than Joe, basketball player, who says he's an incredible basketball player. Has all of the paraphernalia that would scream it, only to be completely incompetent and incapable of living up to the hype. That's your Savior, Jesus, if Christ is not raised from the dead. Our message would be worthless. Our faith would be would be worthless and we would be liars. Number four, we would still be condemned. Verse 15, we are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise if it's true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. Verse 17, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. We are still Condemned. We are still in our sins. We are still deserving of the wrath of Almighty God if Christ is not raised from the dead. We're condemned. All of those messages that have been preached, all that you and I have believed that we are forgiven in the sight of God, that sin is no longer our master, that we have been made alive. It's a lie. Because we're condemned and we're deserving of the wrath of God for all of eternity if Jesus Christ has not been raised from the dead. Our message is worthless. Our faith, worthless. Jesus, a liar. Nothing more than a bunch of hype. He's a liar. We are liars. And we are condemned. We are under the wrath of Almighty God for all of eternity if Christ is not raised from the dead. Beyond that, those that have died already in Christ that knew him, they're condemned. There's no life for them. Those also, he says, verse 18, who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. That's it for them. Some of you have loved ones that knew Christ as Savior and they've passed. Listen, 
the, the truth that we believe from the word of God and the assurance that we have from Christ is those that know Jesus today, they are in a place of glory in Christ. But if Jesus Christ is not raised from the dead, they are just dead. And they're condemned. Condemned in their sin. And number six, lastly, we are pitiful. We're pitiful. Verse 19 says, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. We are the absolute most pitiful people on this earth. Because we believe a lie. We worship and follow a fraud. We have no hope. We have no foundation. We have no purpose. We have no reason for living. We're pitiful. If Christ is not raised from the dead. I want us to process that for a minute. Get that in our head. If this, this side of the, the platform here is, is those six things, let's process that. We're gathered today because we believe Jesus is raised from the dead. What if he's not? Our message is worthless. Our faith is worthless. We are liars. We're still condemned. Those who have died are condemned, and we are pitiful because we worship someone who's a fraud. I wonder how that would affect us if Christ is not risen. But one of the greatest buts in Scripture, grammatically, in verse 20, Paul says, but, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. I'll read it again. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. I'm going to read it one more time. I'm going to do something. I'm going to read it one more time, and I'm going to pull out a little old school Hulk Hogan, okay? If you remember Hulk Hogan, would he be like, right, like that? But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. Right? Like, Yes. Christ is, in fact, raised from the dead, the first fruits. That means we too will be raised. We too have life because Jesus Christ is alive. For as by a man came death, by a man also comes the resurrection of the dead. Listen, don't miss this. Please don't miss this, verse 22. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Because Jesus Christ lives, you and I will live. That is the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Don't forget over here, right? Don't forget these these six things. If Christ is not risen, everything about us is worthless as far as the message we preach and the faith that we have and the person that we follow. He'd be a fraud. Our faith would be a fraud. We would be pitied. We should be the most pitiful people on the earth if Christ is not raised from the dead. But now Christ is risen. And because of that, first of all, our message, the message of the gospel is of utmost value and power. The message that we proclaim about Jesus Christ matters. It matters more than any other message that anybody will hear. It matters. It matters more 
I don't care what message anybody's proclaiming. The message of the gospel of Jesus Christ just plain and simply matters more than anything. It's the message we proclaim. It's the message that we follow, that we have our foundation in. It's the message that stirs us, that moves us. And it's the message that has saved us if we believe in Jesus. I shared with you that illustration earlier of Eckerd. Ladies and gentlemen, Eckerd's closing. Listen, People ignore the message, but listen, closing time is coming. Whether people want to take heed to the message or believe it or not, it's coming. And what we are sharing and proclaiming loudly is something that people need to hear. They need to respond to. They need to listen because there is coming a day. And if you're here today, you need to know this. There is coming a day when everyone will stand before God to give an account For what they have done. And the word of God says that the wages of sin, the end result of our sin is death. Deserving of the wrath of God. There is coming a day when man will give an account for their sin before almighty God. Not because I say it, but because God has declared that. And so the message that we proclaim is of utmost value and power. Because there is forgiveness of sin through Jesus, our resurrected Savior. It's a message that we proclaim and it's of utmost value and power. Number two, our faith is life transforming. You know this if you know Christ. Jesus has transformed your life. Your faith in God has made you alive. You are different. You're different. Our faith is not worthless. Our message is not worthless. Our faith is life transforming. Number three, we are preachers of the truth. Understand what I'm saying by saying the truth. Not a truth. Not one of many Understand, and this is offensive to many in the culture in which we live, there is an exclusivity to the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is the only way. But he is the way that is open to all. For all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. We are preachers of the truth. Number four, we are forgiven. Sin is no longer our master. We have been set free because Christ is raised from the dead. Number five, those who have died in Christ are alive. You have those that you care for and love that have passed in the name of Christ as Savior. Your hope, your hope is not in this life or in the message that this life brings. Your hope is in Jesus. And so your loved one, friend, family member, whose faith was found in Jesus Christ, the resurrected Savior today, lives. And is rejoicing. I saw someone posted on social media last night. A dear woman in our church. An elderly woman in our church. Who had lost her husband not long ago. And she posted on Facebook to his Facebook wall. He's passed. And she posted this post with hearts in the background. That said I trust today. You are singing with the angels. That hope and joy is only possible through a resurrected Savior. Because He lives. Those who have died 
in Christ are alive. And then number six, we are alive. We are alive because Jesus is alive. Paul lays this out so clearly, doesn't he? If Christ is not risen, here's where we were. And here's where we would be. But because Christ is risen, all of these things are true. But can I challenge you today, church? It is far past time that you and I, as believers in the resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ, quit acting as though he's still dead and start living knowing he's alive. Why wouldn't we share the message of the gospel if we truly believe it? Why wouldn't we proclaim to all that we come in contact with the way of salvation through a risen Savior if we truly believe it? Where does our hope lie? Where does our faith lie? Where does our assurance lie? In the things of this world or in our resurrected Savior, Jesus? We live because He lives. So might we start living that, proclaiming that, to a world that without him is lost. But now Christ is risen from the dead. He lives, so we live.